welcome back. It's good and to be here. It's good 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 to be here. It's subliminal messages. Please text me back. Welcome to White Noise, the podcast we promote on social media so we can then destroy social media. I'm Joe Papillardi, your host. Chase is not with us today. Uh, if you're a past listener, we usually have uh, two hosts, uh, if you've been listening to the most recent episodes. Chase is not here. He's actually working. And by actually working, I think he's actually doing social media work. I could be wrong, but we've reached that final peak for him as the arch villain of this podcast. He's actually been pulled away by the thing this podcast has set out to... Uh, I guess not obliterate, but at least critique heavily. Um, and it's it's been interesting. It's been an interesting uh, past week for me. I was in Minnesota last week for a work trip. And while I was there, I was doing media coverage. I was doing um, some video interviews. I was doing social media for them. And I had this crazy moment where there was something big happening at this event that we needed to cover. And so I thought, why not? I'll just take an iPhone video and throw that up on Twitter. Because I've noticed in the past on Twitter that you can put this really high-quality, well-produced video on Twitter, and then you can put like a grainy video with a weird caption. It could be someone tripping or someone getting beaten up. And more often than not, I think the grainy video is going to win when it comes to Twitter. Now, I could be wrong. But in this case, it, it definitely seemed like, like that was what happened because I, I post the video, and almost instantly it's getting more engagement than anything we've posted recently. And I won't tell you the numbers because it's not anything to – brag about but uh it certainly did much better than the high quality video content we've been posting earlier that weekend now maybe there's topics that are different things like that but on twitter and i'm fascinated by this on twitter it seems that lower quality video does better sometimes if you're filming in portrait mode which i was like an idiot at the time I, it might even do better because of that and i don't know what it is but um my assumptions because i make a lot of assumptions is that it looks like something wasn't planned. It was an unplanned video. And so you're like, oh, what's going to happen here? And so you click on it just to see, like, what, what did this person catch? You know, is it like a lion dragging something? Or uh, is it a dude crashing a car? And I've, I've seen other people. There was a viral video going around. A dude crashes a car into someone. And then it turned out to be one of those dance videos at the very end. But you didn't expect it because you saw a car crash. And it was filmed portrait mode and... Uh, these guys are arguing about the car accident. Suddenly the trunk pops open, music starts playing, and this dude is dancing in a football uniform. Uh, very complicated. I can't really – I don't even know the celebrity's name that does these videos, but it was – it's one of those bait-and-switch things. And again, it was similar to what I did. Of course, mine wasn't funny, but this portrait mode filming on Twitter seems to do better than the high-quality video in some cases. And uh, that definitely came true for us for, for a moment. Um, we, we put another video up later that covered the event, some more higher-quality uh, footage, but – it um the the bar was set by the original video though it did it, it ended up the high quality did end up performing a little better but I think that initial spark of that live video I was shocked at how well it did um, they were pretty much neck and neck when it was all said and done in terms of like views and impressions so I, I'm just really intrigued by that because it shows on Twitter there's this um we're drawn to a lower quality content in some cases and I'm really fascinated by that. So uh, I don't know if that's a bad thing necessarily, um, but it's definitely uh, interesting in that you can pour a lot of money into filming something. You can put a lot of time into getting the quality just right, and then someone goes and posts a cell phone video, and it blows up way faster than you could ever do that. And th that's really interesting, and um, 
it, it shows a lot about that platform relative to say YouTube or uh, even Instagram to some extent. On Instagram, um, we often have videos that outperform our Twitter videos and it's the same video on both platforms, but the Instagram video tends to do better when it's this high quality content. Uh, but that live Twitter video, I mean, Twitter's meant for posting things in the moment. So um, in that circular way, I guess I just got to the point of it, which is, yeah, Twitter, you post stuff and immediately it's gonna blow up if it looks like something live. So really interesting about that. I got to be part of my own little viral moment, you could say, for myself. Uh, it was kind of micro viral, wasn't that big. But then I went up to New York and did not see the 9-11 memorials this weekend. Went to New York almost pretty much straight from Minnesota. Just had to get out of the city again, into the city as people call it here on the East Coast, which I still haven't gotten used to the fact that I'm north of New York, but whatever, it's, it's interesting. Um, took the train to New York and I'm there and someone DMs me, uh, which is always exciting because I, I hardly get any DMs, especially about the podcast, but it was rel related to the podcast. They had seen the 9-11 memorial pictures we were talking about last week, which if you didn't know, people are posing in front of the 9-11 memorial uh, with these weird captions. Sometimes they're tagging brands. So someone will like model and then have a Starbucks cup. They tag Starbucks and they post it in front of the 9-11 memorial and they tag the location. So if you go to the 9-11 memorial location or even the Auschwitz location, you know, places like that where lots of people died and we build a memorial to commemorate them. There are people now making it part of their brand and they're posing in front of these. And it's clearly, it's not at all about the people's whose literal graves they're standing upon. It's about the influencer and their brand deals and all the lighting looks. And it looks like these are, you know, some of these photos are edited. Uh, maybe they have a lighting crew with them. It, it's just, it's egregious and unfortunate that these people are taking advantage of a spot that uh, so many are coming to visit to like remember those people at. So anyway, after that long ramble, um, this guy sends me a picture of a hot dog. And I'm confused at first. I'm like, well, why are you sending me a picture of a hot dog? And then I look closer in the background and <laughs> in the background is the 9-11 memorial. So. Uh, thank you uh, for the first listener message of someone doing something. I specifically asked people to stop. So, uh, you know, I don't know if it's good for our brand or not. If I'm provoking people to do this more, then yeah, we got we to gotta reframe our, our, our methods here. We got to change our strategy up. But yeah, I got a 9-11 memorial picture. Uh, so thank you for that. Uh, you guys can send us messages. We don't get that many, but, you know, occasionally we'll get hate mail for Chase or something like that. And uh, other than that, um, New York was just New York. I, I barely slept and then crawled back here to New Haven, Connecticut. And I hop on Twitter tonight and there's um, a, a hashtag trending right now, uh, hashtag I stand with Whitney. I recommend you don't click on it, but if you do, you'll discover it is not Whitney Houston that's trending. It's Whitney Cummings, the comedian. Whitney Cummings was blackmailed. Uh, she had posted an Instagram story, I believe, um, I think she was coming out of the shower or something and was filming and thought she was covered up. Turns out she wasn't and she deleted immediately, but people took a lot of screenshots of it. And so they were trying to blackmail her with this photo of her topless. Um, and being a comedian and having a Twitter profile, instead of letting the people blackmail her, they were saying like, you gotta give us money or we're gonna leak this, wouldn't that be unfortunate? She just posted it herself with screenshots of their conversation. So I don't know how, like imagine trying to blackmail, I, I wouldn't blackmail someone, but imagine if you are, and then they just post it like that. Like these guys couldn't think of anything more to do. So now they're threatening her iCloud. She said like, I, I, it doesn't matter, like whatever. Like I, you know, you guys are gonna put them all out there. I probably look better in them. Those are along the lines of what she was tweeting. But if you click on the hashtag, you don't get her picture right away. You get um, other comedians who are 
tweeting the hashtag I stand with Whitney uh, to post their own embarrassing photos, uh, many of which are not um, safe for work or even safe for Twitter, I would think. And that's what shocked me about it. Uh, th this is a double play for white noise. We have on one hand, we have people blackmailing people over social media with posts of them that never should have been shared publicly and certainly shouldn't be shared against their without their permission, uh, let alone by them themselves. But on top of that, we also have, of course, people sharing photos on Twitter that no one wants to see on first click. And it, it just popped up to my feed. I guess I must have had my settings set up so that I could see uh, explicit content on Twitter, um, which is weird. This is just an on and off switch. I feel like uh, some in the past I have turned that off because there'll be a viral video that isn't offensive or uh, it, it's more it was flagged too many times maybe or something like that. I don't understand it. But some videos get hidden for no apparent reason and then you click on them to unhide and it doesn't seem like there's anything wrong. Well, in this case, there should have been an unhide and there wasn't because I turned it off. And, and I, I can't imagine people who are like out in public right now scrolling through Twitter. And, and these are public tweets too. It's from celebrities. So Twitter is out of control today. Uh, I, I just, I, I think there should be like a new setting on it at least, like a content warning, like, even if it's like, even if you have it marked, or maybe there should be stages of how you can mark it. Like, okay, I only want to see, like Google Safe Search, I only want to see this content. Um, you know, maybe give me a moderate filter because it's either all or nothing on Twitter. And I don't know if people scrolling through Twitter necessarily are expecting that. So if you turn it off because you're getting videos hidden from you that didn't seem bad, you might want to turn it back on because right now you can see pretty much anything, any part of someone's body is floating around there right now. So I'm scrolling through Twitter and of course it's unfiltered. My Twitter is just... Right now, it's a bunch of photos of people that I'd rather not see, but, you know, here we are. That's, that's the way things are now. And I go over to my Snapchat because I'm a terrible person and still have both those apps on my phone. And Snapchat is really no different. In fact, Snapchat's feed is becoming more and more tailored to if you click on one thing repeatedly enough, you're going to see dozens of that same thing. It's like YouTube in a way. You can get into a rabbit hole on Snapchat. And when you're someone like me who puts on the worst things to screenshot the headlines, like keep like a, a little encyclopedia of the worst of the worst on Snapchat, you know, things from Cosmo and Vice, uh, places like that where it's, they're tweeting stuff like, my three boyfriends and I aren't getting along, and I don't, I don't know why. Things like that. Um, it, uh, it's flooding me, and I have to keep hiding all these stories from weird influencers that I don't want to see. And one of the things I saw today was a Vice headline. Vice always has the best headlines for me, and I appreciate it. Uh, it said, how to keep cat sex just casual, something along those lines. How to, how, to make, how to make sure things stay casual when you're hooking up with someone. And, it, you know, if you're, if you're responsible adults, you know, whatever. Uh, that's, that's, that's your purview to go and read that. But the problem is my brother has had a Snapchat at least since he was 12. And so I find it fascinating that they're, that's the first headline they show. I don't know if it's tailored because I'm an adult or because I've been clicking on them to screenshot so often. But I can't imagine that that would be something you want to see a 12-year-old scrolling through. So maybe, maybe they need the tips, though. Maybe that's why, maybe that's why they're putting out there. They're like, well, you know what? People, people who are 12 now, they need to know how to keep sex casual. You know, I was reading Brave New World the other day. And it seems like the great idea that, that we'd have for today. But the other thing they had, the story they followed that up with is how to convince your parents that climate change is real. And the, the headline was how to convince your parents about climate change, and then you click on it, it says how to radicalize your parents about climate change. And, um, you know, whether, whatever your views are on climate change, whether you believe in it or not, it, uh, it's interesting that that's the word choice they would use, and that's the topic they would pick for climate change. Like, it could have been how to convince 
non-believers that climate change is real or how to convince people climate change is serious, but instead it was how to convince your parents. So the assumption here is one, that everyone's parents or a large demographic of parents don't believe in climate change. Maybe that's true, maybe it's a generational thing. But two, what responsible adult needs advice on how to talk to their parents, especially about a thing like climate change? Like you know your parents better than anyone else. Like if you need advice on talking to your parents, the only person that you could maybe go to is your family members and if you don't have that, then I don't really know who else is going to help you unless someone else knows them really well. For Vice to be like, oh, here's, here's how you convince your parents climate change is real. The only people who are dumb enough to click on that, thinking that they'll get advice to talk to their parents, are not adults. There's no way. It's a bunch of kids <laughs> that are scrolling through Snapchat. And it also means that they already made it through the how to keep your sex life casual story. So they've swiped through that. They're like, okay, I got that, got that. All right, so when I'm 13, okay. Oh, how do I convince my parents climate change is real? Oh, I got to save that. Because, you know, all these kids are staging. Who's staging the walkouts? If the kids are staging walkouts in schools, they're not adults. And those are the ones that are very passionate about climate change. And they're also on Snapchat. It amazes me that you can be so upfront. Like, this is it. We think that this story is going to slap on Snapchat. We're going to get all the swipes on this. And who's swiping up on it? Probably kids. Like, there's no way an adult is going to be like, you know, I don't know how to convince my parents that climate change is real. And then they're going to swipe up on a, a Snapchat story. No. I mean, they don't even swipe up on Snapchat stories nowadays. They tap them. I'm so dumb. Okay. Uh, see, I'm getting confused with Instagram. This is embarrassing. But I, uh, I, I, th I think it's interesting that Vice has gone from, you know, it used to be like the TMZ of drugs and terrorism. Like, you go back, you watch old Vice documentaries. They, they're just embedding reporters in the worst parts of the world. Um, documentary now did a great parody of it where the – the reporters keep getting killed because they're just going way too far over the edge, risking their lives. That's really what Vice used to do. And now it's this uh, how to convince your parents about global warming or how to keep your sex life casual, things like that. And they're put, pumping it into Snapchat for a much younger audience. Uh, I, I guess the, the, at the end of the day, like Snapchat's target demographic is not adults. Uh, I don't think it, it really ever was. Um, it's just it seems like it's heavily geared towards children, especially when you have like magazines like Seventeen. I think it's a magazine. Seventeen is pushing stuff up there, and everything is trying to like give you advice on you know sex and relationships and going through puberty. And you didn't know this, and then it's like a, a cucumber emoji, and these emojis are all over the Snapchat feed now. Maybe mine's tailored because I'm screenshotting them, but it's it's. Honestly, like it's so shameless how heavily it's geared towards younger people on Snapchat. Like it'd be great if there was like a filter you can put on, but I even if there is one, like what kid is going to say, Oh yeah, I think I need the the eighteen and under filter on my Snapchat. No one's putting that on. You know, everyone lied about their age to get Facebook. So the fact that Snapchat is not even being you know, it's not even being coy about it. It's just like, ah, oh, here it is. <laughs> Here's how to convince your parents to change their political stance you tweens and teens. One of the things that I've noticed that people do now more than ever, and I'm guilty of this as myself probably, uh, I'm probably gonna, if someone listens to this who actually cares about this thing, I apologize. I don't think a lot of people listen that would get offended, but if you do, like, yeah, uh, here we go. Um, posting birthday celebrations on your Instagram stories is the most interesting thing, and kind of depressing that I've seen on social media lately 
because it, it's been going on for a while. It was actually one of the reasons I started this podcast was because I was seeing it so often. But the fact that people are still doing it, um, especially people like I get it. Like when you're in college, social media is a little more fun because like, uh, you know, you know, you know, everyone that you're posting with and you can, you know, you can talk to them the next day. Like, oh, yeah, you see what I did last night or that photo I put up or that video. Did you catch that video I took of so and so? Of course, these are charitable videos. These aren't people tripping and falling and crashing cars. But now, you know, when you're out of college, the the temporary stuff, the fleeting stuff, isn't as um, there's not as much impact there. Like if I post a Snapchat story now of me sitting in an airport, you know, a lot of people are gonna see it, but n- almost none of them are gonna talk to me about it the next day. Almost none of them are going to message me like, "Oh yeah, I see you in an airport." Like. It's just it's just content that they swipe right by because you don't you're not in college anymore you're not with those people every day of the week uh, for several months out of the year and I think it's unfortunate that we're still we still feel that need to post all of that because basically it's it's going into the void it's it's pouring water down the drain with our content and birthday wishes are interesting in this because you you get more and more elaborate with each post you see where it becomes like five slides about someone on an Instagram story and they each have all these messages about them or oh this is my favorite person you know they're wonderful happy birthday or if it was me posting it would be like this is chase chase had his birthday chase needs to call me you know things like that uh, i do miss having chase on here um that's fun <laughs> he um he had his birthday uh, the other week and i didn't post a story i just realized that i wonder if chase felt bad that I didn't post anything about him on my Instagram story. You know, that's the thoughts I'm having now because you see all these people posting birthday wishes on their story. And it's unfortunate because as you get older and as you build up these elaborate stories, it's almost like getting a fancy birthday cake for someone or a fancy gift. And then what do you do for them next year and the year after that? And at what point do you stop wishing them this ridiculous, uh, extravagant happy birthday on social media of all places. And I get it, like, you can swipe right by them, you can ignore them, uh, you know, it's not meant to be for everyone. Like, it's just like, hey, I, I really appreciate this person, I wanna show it. But at the end of the day, you're building up this expectation. So what, the next year, like, you know, I maybe I posted a big, long series of photos about Chase this year. Do I do that next year for him? And if I don't, what does it say about our friendship? Has our friendship changed? And even if you say it hasn't, you're thinking about that, you're thinking, Okay, I, I, I posted like five slides of Chase last year uh, telling him how much I appreciate him, how great he is. But then the next year I post maybe one photo of Chase's foot, and that's it. It's like Chase's foot, and it says, happy birthday, idiot. And, you know, sure, it's like funny and all, but maybe in the back of Chase's head, maybe in the back of his head he's thinking like, okay, does Joe not actually like – does he not appreciate me as a person as much anymore? I wish he was here. He could comment on this, but he – um. He's got to, you know, at the end of the day, you have to have that thought in the back of your head. And it, it would never have been there if you hadn't been on social media in the first place. You know, not to be the grandpa, but before social media, if we were just writing cards to each other, and maybe people are doing this, maybe they're writing each other cards at the, at the same time. But, you know, you either get a birthday card or you don't. That's it. It's, it's, it's very binary. But now it's like you either get this extravagant Instagram story, Snapchat story celebration of your life. Or maybe you get a photo posted of you. Or maybe you don't get anything posted of you at all. Maybe you don't even get a Facebook birthday wish. And we know Facebook. We've talked about that before. Facebook birthday wishes are the easiest thing to post online. It literally gives you the box that says, send so-and-so birthday wishes. 
and you type it in, you hit enter, you misspell happy birthday, and then you never use it again, which is actually why one of the reasons I stopped using it is I would put in typos when I was wishing strangers happy birthday that had friended me on Facebook. Horrible decision, horrible decision. Never should have even started typing. Seeing these Instagram stories that are getting more and more elaborate, uh, it's just unfortunate because I feel like we're, we're wasting a lot of time into something that eventually it's going to be this awkward moment of tension in relationships with people where it's like, oh, I'm, I'm getting less of these and I'm getting so much older. Um, and it's like a comedian, Chris D'Elia, who was one of the people who <laughs> was posting the photos, hashtag I stand with Whitney. And again, like, not going to tell you what they were. If you want to see him, you can go click that hashtag. I'll leave you in suspense. But Chris had this, Chris has this joke about people inviting him to their birthday parties. Chris is in his 40s. And you know, he has a point with, like, you don't want to go to an older person's birthday party. And by older, like, you know, like, someone over the, over 30. Like, after college, you know, maybe in your 20s. But with these Facebook birthday wishes, these Instagram birthday wishes, it's also, again, going back into that, where it's like everyone's wishing you a happy birthday. But you've had so many of them. You're too old to have a party now. It's almost immature. And I find it interesting that we are still posting so much on people's birthdays all this appreciation publicly like it's one thing to send someone a text or send them a message like hey happy birthday but this public appreciation of people fascinates me because we're building up something that you can't maintain you know maybe someone out there is maybe someone out there is going to grind they're going to get these five posts every year of the same person which means i'm behind on chase and i need to get that out there you know asap I, I feel I feel bad for the people on both sides, you know, on both the giving and the receiving end of these birthday wishes. You're you're building something up that eventually it's going to fade, and I almost feel like it's going to make birthdays feel worse because you used to have that, and now you don't. And again, everything on social media eventually it just fades away, and that's our little depressing note. But we're going to end and transition here. Again, if you have been listening to this podcast for a while, you know that we are sponsored by anchor.fm and that is the place that is pumping us into your itunes into your spotify if you're interested in doing podcasting if you're interested in rambling like i am hopefully with a co-host but maybe not maybe you do it by yourself maybe you're better than me by yourself uh go head over to anchor.fm slash white noise it is a great service to get your podcast started they will offer you ads you can put in your podcast maybe make a little money on the side it also distributes you to like nine different platforms someone even asked me if we work on overcast we do we can track your Overcast listens in the Anchor app. It tells us where people listen from. It tells us what device you're on. It tells us how many listen to each episode. And it's just, uh, it's, it's been exciting, honestly. It's been really exciting to use Anchor because I didn't realize how many people listen to this. It is also going to be depressing when I find out how many people listen to this episode versus the ones where it's me and Chase together. But again, go to anchor.fm slash white noise to get your podcast started. Our other sponsor in case you didn't know, is Lull. Now, Lull is the most comfortable mattress you will ever sleep on. Chase will not shut up about his mattress. He keeps talking to me about it, how comfortable it is, how well he sleeps. I slept on a couch and an air mattress this weekend in New York, got like three hours of sleep a night. If I'd had a Lull mattress, it would have been a whole different story. So go ahead, go to Lull.com, type in the code white noise, get 15% off your mattress, and they will ship it right to your door. And you might open it up and just set it up on your porch and pass out right there. You may not even want to move the mattress inside once you lie down in this thing. So again, go to Lowell.com, use the code white noise, get 15% off your mattress purchase today. Thank you, Lowell, for sponsoring us. And let's get right rolling back into it. We have 
been getting messages from people. We have been getting messages from listeners uh, about different things that have happened to them with social media. And I really appreciate this. Again, guys, send us in, like, what's happening to you with social media? What's the awful thing you're seeing? Are you seeing people standing on monuments? Are you seeing people posting fit pics in the most awkward situations? Are you seeing people filming themselves singing while they're filming a TikTok by their dying grandpa? You know, all those wonderful things we covered in the past. Um, I had a friend and a fan, mostly a friend, uh, message me about he is looking for a new apartment. Uh, he had moved recently. And the problem he ran into, and this fascinates me, this actually terrifies me. He could not use this room finding service, this apartment finding service, because he needed a Facebook account to log into it. It required you to have a Facebook. And he had just been uh, a good white noise fan and deleted Facebook from his devices. So uh, shout out to that. If you're deleting social media accounts, definitely let us know. But I find that interesting because I myself would love to delete my social media accounts if I wasn't so involved in it as I am, of course, working for listeners like you on this podcast. Um, but someday, someday it's going to happen, and maybe I'll still be making this, and I won't have any clue what's going on except what the news tells me. So I may have to like hire someone to just scroll through Facebook and Twitter and tell me what awful stuff is being posted. But he, he needed a Facebook account to get on the apartment finding service. And it's really unfortunate because not everyone has social media. It's like needing an email for something. You know, there are people out there who never used email. Um, my grandma, she was, I'm pretty sure, she was late 80s, maybe even 90 when she first got an email address. And even then, like, we don't, we don't send her stuff. We're not gonna bother her with that. You know, she's had 80 something years on this earth of not needing email. All of a sudden we're gonna send her emails. No, we'll just write her letters instead. So. The fact that some people need to get social media accounts now to use basic services like finding an apartment or, uh, or playing online games, to throw another one out there, like, do you need a Facebook account to play online games? Come on. So <laughs> those two are so few and those are so far apart, but it's still interesting that these are being tied together because then if your Facebook account is tied into this thing, that means they're collecting data on you through this service as well as um, your Facebook feed itself. Uh, you've seen these things. If you sign in with your Facebook account on something, it's like, okay, what do you want? What are you going to share with us? What can you take from me? And you list off, like, okay, you can have my email, you can have my phone number, you can have my name, you can have my profile pic. Maybe you only give them your name and your profile pic. So they're collecting data on you. And for someone, you know, like my friend who wants to be disconnected from that, that's unfortunate that he has to use a Facebook account to find an apartment. So I'm really interested to see where this goes because, you know, what happens if Facebook fails? We've had Instagram crash in the past multiple times makes my job hell and facebook has even crashed recently and if if that was to go down permanently all these different services we have tied up in our facebook accounts and nothing else how are we going to access them better that's my question that's the viewer question let me just bump the mic here one time that's my question for listeners please let me know what you think is going to happen if we lose facebook and all these different accounts and services are tied up in our facebook accounts shout out spotify places like that um, which, by the way, if you're listening to us through Spotify, thank you. Uh, I had someone else tell me they deleted Facebook permanently and then made a new one. Uh, and that's not really what we're going for here, but shout out to deleting your old Facebook, getting rid of all that weird stuff you posted when you were angsty and uh, remaking one for work. I've heard in the, that people now need social media accounts to look good for potential employers. And I am with you there. Uh, my Facebook has like my business headshot in it. My Facebook has a business headshot uh, 
that people will see me and think I'm a serious person, even though I'm making podcasts ranting about how awful social media is. So I, I understand that, but I feel bad because it'd be great to just delete your Facebook, be a ghost, freak them out. You know, they see, they'd search your name, they can't find any of your social media. That's going to freak them out. You're going to be a mystery to them. You walk into the interview and you crush it. And they're like, wow, this guy doesn't have social media and he has social skills. Like who would have thought that went hand in hand? And uh, it's just, it's crazy. I wish more people would send us notes. We did get hate mail for Chase. I think I've said that before. It, um, it's not something I want to read on air, but you know, if, you, if that's what you're going to send us, like, thank you. Uh, I will always give you a response. I do that. I care. Um, people who have been listening all the way through, listen to all the episodes, thank you so much. Again, I apologize for the brief episode. Uh, Chase could not be here. We are going to record a mega episode, hopefully, um, next weekend, which will be out a week from when you're listening to this episode, hopefully, if you're listening on Wednesday. So that should be really exciting. Uh, we are going to have a major episode with me and Chase and hopefully a couple of guests. Uh, we're going to try to have a, a, a four-person ramble here on White Noise Podcast. We'll see how that goes. Um, one more thing that we should bring up. I mentioned how Kevin Hart a couple episodes ago was talking about how people do not want autographs anymore. They just want to come up to you with their phone. And lo and behold, on Hot Ones, like the latest episode, Idris Elba comes out and he says the same exact thing. Uh, and I love this because the Kevin Hart interview was actually really old. It was like a couple years old. So I felt bad for bringing that up, but it's still true. Idris Elba was talking about how he can't really have a private life. Um, he needs to go out and do things like the Hot Ones, which is the wing eating show where you, they ask you questions while you're eating wings that get increasingly hotter and hotter with the hot sauce they're putting on it. And he said, yeah, I can't, you know, I don't get that private life. I have to be out, you know, showing more and more and more of me. Uh, he said something like that. I'm paraphrasing, of course. And it was interesting. And he did bring up the fact that fans now, you know, they want, they want to just come at you with their smartphones. So, again, uh, it keeps happening. It keeps getting worse. Um, so if you have some awful social media story, shoot it our way. Until then, follow us on at White Noise Guys on Twitter and Facebook. Um, I don't know when we're going to get an Instagram. That's still up in the air. But if you want to send us anything, whitenoisestuff at gmail.com or shoot us a DM on one of those or, I don't know, poke me. Uh, mine and Chase's social is out there. Chase would tell you to follow him at Chase H. Sabina on Instagram. And until then, it's good to be here.